What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know I skip three years worth of lectures Just to binge watch awful shows There must be some scholarship For accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Let your excess hex debts rest And then just join us while we start On our bachelor Bachelor of Hearts. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts, a new Bachelorette Australia podcast from current slash bachelor slash future bachelor of arts slash Xavier RN. Hey, man. Slash slash fiction author. Hello, that's me. <laughs> Uh, and current Bachelor of Arts and former Bachelor Max Quinn, that's me. Hello. You are listening to the sound of my voice. And this is my voice, but different guy. Uh, uh, I'm Xavier. Different, different dude. Two of us. Now, Xavier, we had um, an interesting mix-up this week. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. We're just getting right into it, huh? Or were you talking about the, the mix-up in my personal life that led to uh, me living in... Someone else's body <laughs> I don't know why I always want to go Freaky Friday right off the bat with these shows I don't know, but we kind of did go Freaky Friday is the thing Because on the internet this week, we discovered uh, Instagram user Max Quinn Who is Ooh, not this me This is what you're talking about Sorry, This I is what I'm talking on. about, this is our mix-up, alright mm-hmm. So there's an Instagram user called Max Quinn uh, Different yeah. to my own personal Instagram account, which is I am Max Quinn Okay, but what's the name of the guy who's on second? Well, I think that we need to answer who's on first first, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, that's his name. That's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> and uh, on this Instagram account, Max Quinn, uh, there is a picture. And we looked at it, and it looks a lot like Xavier and Max Quinn. Yeah. That you're like, listening to right now. A lot like these two guys. But it's not. It's actually an American dude called Max Quinn, who in real life is a similar enough looking dude to Xavier Betsky Noonan. That's the weird part. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the weird part to me, is that we're swapped in this instance. So there's a guy who looks a little bit like my friend Max Quinn walking around with some kind of name like, I don't know, gr- like... Gravia Lubetsky Jewman <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, Jewman is exactly the name. Well, maybe it wouldn't it be exactly the same because that's Max Quinn's deal. Yeah, yeah, so it's Xavier Lubetsky Noonan, um, and it's mm-hmm. completely Semitic. And he looks like you. Yeah. For the record, I said Jewman, like uh, like uh, extra double mint gum or something like that. Oh, the little donuts that apparently hang around in all of our mouths, according to the ads mm-hmm. in The Bachelor. Well, the thing is, you want to be dating with confidence, dude. You don't want to be getting out there and stinking up the joint. It's true, and I do stink up the joint a lot. <laughs> uh, All right, <laughs> so this is a show about The Bachelor. Hello. Oh, yeah. It's The Bachelor. It's The Bachelorette. It's all these good things. We liked watching these shows. Have you ever seen them? They're great. You should check them out sometime. They're real good. You should go give it a bit of a deep dive. There's quite a bit to catch up on. Um, in fact, what episode was it this week, Xavi? Uh, we watched both, uh, we, uh, we watched two episodes this week. Go us, pat on the back. Uh-huh. Um, the Bachelorettes, <laughs> the Bachelorettes, season two, episode seven and eight. Uh, and well, I mean, a lot of things happened. F- first and foremost, uh, it was a fucking bloodbath this week. Oh my God. Um, on the Bachelorette TV show. Uh, you might remember if you listened to last week's episode of our show, we talked about how we had a final 10 and then we added two boys and we knocked off two boys and we were back to that final 10 again. We did not see a repeat performance of that this week. Uh, what we saw this week was uh, a massacre. Yeah, it I was, don't know what else to say. I mean, truly, Georgia was Uma Thurman in Kill Bill this week. Mm, and yeah. spoiler alert, there were five dudes named Bill this week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, which That's what happened in that movie, right? I haven't seen that movie for a little while. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand what happens in it either, but she's in a yellow... Um, like the Eddie Murphy jumpsuit from Raw, um, but mm. she's like a yellow version of that on the cover of the DVD. 
And I think uh, I think Donny Donny Trump might have named her wagon in that. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, just uh, getting a little topical, getting a little political on the show. Excuse me, please. I can't keep it myself. <laughs> this is my safe haven from that shit. <laughs> this is my soapbox. I don't get to talk politics too often. <laughs> But I'm glad to be influencing the, uh, the the pool of listeners that we have here, who I'm sure none of which can vote in this election overseas. Or we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Maybe under Trump's rule, everyone will be allowed to vote. <laughs> I've been quite sick, Max. <laughs> I've been a bit sick this week, so I'm not sure if what I'm saying is making a lot of sense. It should be an interesting episode. No, no, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm getting most of, of what you, what you're saying. It was just like the, the little breakdown, uh, where you had that extreme coughing fit. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that bit? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I haven't blacked that out. Um, yeah. So we lost half the cast this week. <laughs> That's right. They all died. <laughs> they all died. Like, yeah. Rest, rest in peace. Half the cast. They all got whooping cough and uh consumption and conjunctivitis the black plague yep yeah. the whole thing yeah um so do you want to talk that through like uh five dudes are gone sam yes. reese both gone sam and reese left at once and then we also lost todd matt dick and clancy okay so todd and matt dick also in the same episode and then clancy last night that's right yeah surprised uh well uh at various points <laughs> It's kind of hard to say. On the whole, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like any of these five were necessarily, like, the winner pick. No. Uh, I didn't strictly see them all getting through to the very, very end. Um, but I was definitely surprised to see so many people going home uh, and to see the, the series essentially being shut, cut short at this point. Yeah, like, yeah, that was the surprise. Yeah, so it was less the boys that went home and more the quantity... Uh, and the timing with which they did. Yeah, and I do think that, like, there was probably not a lot to be gained from those guys. So at the, at the point at which the Georgia sent uh, Sam and Reese home, who were really fueling a lot of the tension and the drama in the house, mm-hmm. you know, you're not getting anything from Todd, you're not getting anything from Matt Dick, and mm-hmm. you're not really getting anything from Clancy either. We didn't hear much from him to camera. There wasn't a lot of that. And so a lot of those, like dominant storylines from Sam that sort of ruled the first half of the season Mm. are now ended and we're down to the actual pursuit of love here. Pun intended. I hadn't really thought about the, the influence that a double, a two on one date between Sam and Reese that we saw this week uh, would have uh, on the rest of the cast. But you're right. Like without them, there really isn't anything driving the rest of it. And you know, the other boys would have had to think pretty quickly, particularly I'm, I'm talking about Todd, Matt, D, and Clancy. Like, they would have had to work really hard in a really short amount of time to build themselves another, you know, reason to be there, another storyline. Absolutely. That's right. And the editors would have had to work really, really hard as well. And instead, we knock them all out in pretty much one fell swoop. Mm. And particularly, um, I, I'm not sure if this, how, how widely this has been publicized or, or how aware people are of this, but The Bachelorette doesn't rate as well as The Bachelor. Uh, oh yeah, this is news that we learned this week. Yeah, and, and also this season in particular has been it's been doing reasonably badly. It's rating about as well as just about any other, you know, Channel Ten. Uh, you know, it's rating about the same as The Wrong Girl. Uh, oh yeah, which is their new sort of drama series and stuff. But it's not doing the the big event show ratings that you would hope for. You know, from something like The Bachelorette or uh, or Bachelor or Survivor or whatever it is. You know. Well, you know, the thing about that is that this is Richie's fault. Yeah. Yeah. It truly, I think that people got really, really sick of, of Richie, um, and we were, like, saturated with a lot of him, and he was just such a piss-poor robot excuse mm. for a bachelor, and then that he picked the girl who Australia was yeah. so vitriolic about and just didn't didn't want a bar of. I think everyone kind of went, uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, one of the primary functions of this show is to sell that narrative, um, which you know, the love yes, story. The love you, story. You should be able to believe it, ideally, by the end of it. And it seems, although maybe Bachelorette mm. is setting itself up to do that better this time around than Bachelor did, or I mean, almost without yes. question, uh, it, it might be too little, too late for the viewing public who have sort of moved on. Yeah, yeah, the damage is done. 
that's that's sort of what I've heard from people when I talk to about the show. Uh, you know, talking about how they lost interest in Bachelor and so they haven't bothered with Bachelorette. Uh, you know, that's all I've been hearing. And so it wouldn't surprise me if that reflected the wider sort of response. Uh, I also, I think there's an element of sexism where I think just people don't want to watch, uh, a woman, um, in that, in that position, as much as they want to watch like a bunch of women fighting and one dude picking the hottest one or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. A, there's an element of that, um, which is disappointing, but you know, it's a very mainstream show. So you're going to get a lot of mainstream views on it. Yeah, when the reality is that this season has been so much better. And if they had aired mm. these in reverse order, even, mm. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it maybe, maybe editing wasn't done or, you know, maybe they didn't realize quite what they had in, in Georgia and in this cast. Because it's, it's been a great season, Xavier. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and I don't mean to say that, um, you know, the culling of the cast that we saw this week was a direct response to the ratings necessarily, because I think no. it is a bit, it's too late. Like, this stuff happened a few months ago, yep. and they could probably salvage a bit of it by editing it really tightly and stuff like that, but it, it didn't feel too rushed this week, despite the amount of people who went home. It didn't feel crammed in. No. Um, it was just uh, kind of the way the chips fell. Yeah, and, like, it didn't really even feel... I mean, it felt like Georgia was being uh, forthright and kind of brutal in um, in terms of her doing what was right by her heart and mm. picking people who wanted to be there and good on her for doing that, you know? But it's just, yeah. it's just one of those things, I think, where she kind of worked out what she wanted and if it wasn't going to be Matt Dick or Sam or Reese or Todd mm. or Clancy... Then so be it. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree, and I applaud the show for giving her the opportunity to make those moves. You know, not not stretching it out or not making her keep a villain in the show for that much longer or whatever. Yeah, they sometimes do. Yeah, um, it's it seems to be pretty fair by her, which I appreciate. Absolutely, and they got everything that they wanted from it too, in terms of having a great villain in Sam who was very uh, cutting and funny on the TV, and they milked him for all he was worth. And I think that it just kind of worked out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and yeah, it's all, it's all been to the benefit of the series, as far as I can tell. The only reason I'm upset is because we're going to run out of episodes soon. We're going to have to stop, uh, stop talking about it. That's it. That's kind of the thing. That's the only shitty part about this. Mm. I just want it to keep going forever. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that we didn't mention but just before we were talking was that last year... Sam Frost was a very compelling narrative, just in terms of how she had been fucked over by Blake Garvey. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, and that's true as well. It's a good point to bring that up, because we're comparing the Bachelorette's ratings this season against, you know, the, the ratings that they had last season, but there have only been two seasons of Bachelorette, so it's sort of unprecedented. We don't necessarily know what direction it's going uh, ratings-wise, yeah. so we just have to kind of stay tuned and, and pay attention to that information. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this is funny stuff, right? Yeah. Funny, hilarious content on our podcast. This is exactly what it is. Let's talk about the episode, shall we? I think that there's some stuff that we want to cover uh, in terms of both Reese uh, and Cameron when we get to them as well. So that's some fun news to is look Is that stuff to. we want to cover or is that stuff we want to uncover, Max? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Don't give it away. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Um, well, okay, let's dive right into the recap. Uh, this is The Bachelorette Season 2, Episode 7, baby. Wow, that was good. You had a lot of uh, gravitas to your voice I've there. Got, I've, got, I've been going through a bit of a, an illness, a bit of a cold or something. So I've got a little okay. bit of that, that husky, deep, deep, sexy boy voice uh, That's still good. lingering. That's real nice. The Bachelorette Season 2, Episode 7. Wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sam is a little bit frustrated that he's one of the four who hasn't had a single date yet. Do you remember back uh, back then? Well, it feels like so long ago now. Osher Ginsburg is still in the show, though, which is good. He he always never gets knocked out, which I'm glad about. No, it's true. Yeah, he um has a surprising amount of longevity. Mm -hmm. uh, he appears wearing autumn colors and carrying a date card. <laughs> the clue says, let's test our animal attraction. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's for Courtney, uh, making him the first person to have a second single date. Um, and Sam mentions that he's glad Courtney got the date rather than Reese. So that rivalry is just building. Um, but anyway, it's time for Courtney's single date. So Courtney is waiting at the Bankstown airport 
We flash back over his shitty track record with Georgia until she arrives by a small plane. They arrive at the Canberra National Zoo, where Jamala Wildlife Lodge has created some unique experiences for the two of them to have. And uh, and first off, it's meerkats, uh, which Courtney goes nuts about. Max, do you like a meerkat? I think meerkats are cool. Meerkats um, are I've cool. been to the meerkat enclosure at both the Melbourne Zoo and the Sydney Zoo, um, but I'm not sure what the meerkats in Canberra are like. Hmm. Do you think they're friendly? Um, well, I think if they're anything like the politicians in Canberra, maybe oh. not, Max. Yeah, I, I you did it. You should see the I politicians before they've had their morning coffee. Oh, brother. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, they, uh, they get to hop into the meerkat enclosure, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then the, yep. the staff at the zoo actually shoot and kill the meerkats, Max. They did it again and get your dicks oh, out Jesus. and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the worst part of this episode was definitely the stampede that killed Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I shed a quiet tear for that moment. Um, but you know, you know, uh, power comes with sacrifice. Uh, Georgia says the uh, the meerkats that are jumping all over them are the four meerkat bachelors, uh, and in my mind, I think they represent the four boys that Georgia Love is planning to send home this episode. Right. Um, next up, they pat some southern white rhinos, uh, and then they start kissing one of them, and then that's nice. And then I guess things got a little bit too X-rated because they cut away. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really understand why they did the little cutaway there. But what I'm, I am interested in in this episode is: do you remember Cameron? Ca- Cameron? Cameron? Do you remember Cameron with the puppies? I do, of course. How can I get that image out of my head? Of course. And Cameron's like, when the puppies are kissing Georgia, she mm-hmm. he's like, get in line, boys. You know, and he has that great, great, great quip. Yeah. And where's Courtney's great quip about this? True. Well, I think Courtney's leading the charge, so to speak, on this rhino stuff. Yeah, it's Seemed true. like he was more into it than uh, Georgia was. Yeah, she, uh, I mean, she bent in to kiss that rhino uh, with an amount of apprehension, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of just doing it because he was, I think. So, naturally, uh, it is the Bachelorette, after all, they meet at a sofa near the big cat enclosure. Uh, and they pour some champers. Yeah, it's weird that Courtney's not in the big cat enclosure. <laughs> Wait, why is that? What kind of cat is? Uh, it? I think he's. I think he's a big cat. I'm not. I'm not into him. Um, I've changed my mind a lot about Courtney over the course of this episode. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Courtney fan. Did you call him a big cad? Oh, cad's good too. Yeah. Um, so uh, in narration, Georgia is talking about how she's concerned about her standing with Courtney. She knows to know. She needs to know which of the boys are being serious about this stuff, this relationship stuff. Uh, so she confronts him, laying all her cards out on the table to see if her feelings are being reciprocated. Uh, and instead of answering, he kisses her. Which, um, I mean, I guess you can make up your own mind about it. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Georgia's Georgia's taken by surprise. She says it was worth the wait, and she's she's into it. For me, I don't know if that's a move that I would do. Max, what do you reckon? Look, I think that, like, if you're a dude like Courtney, and maybe you don't quite have the words yet, mm-hmm. it's a like putting your mouth on her mouth is an easy way to get her to stop asking those questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I get why he would do it. Oh, yeah. You, like, you understand why he would do it. But what what I think is, like, use your words, Courtney, please. Yeah, maybe maybe say something and then get and then get a kiss. Yeah, if someone is you know in this case like showing you how emotionally invested they're becoming in you mm. as Georgia clearly is, you kind of have there's some sort of onus on you to say yeah, like anything. I, just say like, "Hey, that's great. Let's have a kiss now." Like that <laughs> would be enough. Even just like, you know, like just communicate something. Otherwise it's just like a weird surprise. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of our listeners found this like spontaneous and romantic. I can understand that, that sure. view of it too. But for me, it's just like uh, you know, could have could have flowed a little bit nicer. Yeah, he could have done a bit better there. I think. Um, yeah, but Georgia loves it. Hey. Uh, love. uh, she gives him a rose. Um, they kiss again, and it seems like he's pretty much patched everything all up with her now. Which you know, okay, all right. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he wins. Uh, I don't buy it all. Uh, yeah, I'm very like t- I was quite interested in Courtney in the first episode in that I thought that he was very sweet 
uh, and had a lot of mm. like had a lot of the right stuff that I thought Georgia would be interested in. But as we've gone through the mm. series, it's just super hard to understand where he's coming from in terms of like him wanting to be with her. Like he's just pulled a whole heap of questionable shit and we'll see a little bit more of it in the next Mm. episode. And I'm not sure if he is completely uh, genuine about this. And I think that George and I were talking about it on the couch uh, where it almost feels like he's kind of just doing the bare minimum to get by on the show and hoping that she just doesn't pick him and pick someone else in order to get his TV career out of it. One thing about Courtney that I've noticed is I think he's he's often trying to not do the typical Bachelor thing. I think he's often trying to not be the obvious guy who plays the game exactly like it's, you know, like it's meant to be played. I think he's trying to surprise Georgia a little bit uh, at every turn, but uh, he has like a limited amount of success in that. I think some of his surprises are pleasant and some of them are like just confusing. Uh, and I think he doesn't necessarily think through every every decision that he makes perfectly well. Yeah, it's like he's got a bag of tricks and sometimes he reaches in and he pulls out a rabbit and then sometimes he reaches in and he pulls out a dead rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Osher steps in for the second time this week. Um, last time he did that, there were intruders, so everyone's a little bit worried. Um, but this time he's got a two-on-one date card. Which, uh, which is something we've seen before on the show, but not this season. Uh, it means two men will enter and one man will leave. You know, it's a date where Georgia will be sending one of them home. You get it. Uh, and it's, You know what it is. Yeah, it's for Sam and Reese, and they're both confident that they will knock each other out. Um, so they travel by limousine to Sydney's Luna Park, uh, sledging each other all the way. Georgia wants to shut down what she calls the topic of guys not being there for the right reasons. So naturally... Uh, drink, by the way. Um, so naturally, to hold a serious discussion like that, they head to Coney Island and be pour out some champagne. Uh, you know, the right location for the right uh, type of discussion. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yes. Um, so first, first thing, um, Sam presses Reese to demo some dance moves, um, which he does. And then, as a form of retaliation, Reese reveals that Sam is excited about his upcoming stay in the U.S., which comes up as a surprise to Georgia. Um, Georgia pulls Reese away to a stationary merry-go-round, um, which I, I will, I will, I would prefer to call a stationary go-round. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Georgia inquires about Reese's motivation where he says he's not ready to meet the one with finger quotes. Um, he's not ready to meet the one and he's on the show. He blatantly admits to camera that he's not a good fit for the TV show. It's weird. Um, she says, she doesn't want to waste her time or anybody else's, um, to which he basically says, I may not be right for you, but I hope you don't wind up with Sam. This thing happens very quickly, man. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I think that, like, at this point, he's kind of realized, like, nah, I'm cool, I'm cool with this. And mm. she gives him a hug and he's like, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess that's right. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. I guess, well, I, uh, bye, everybody. Bye, my poetry book now, or whatever. Yeah, this, yeah, it was just a real bad uh, outing from Reese on this date. And, like, what we've said before, or what I've at least said before, is that Reese, I think, has been excusable on this show in the sense that he fully believes and is invested in everything that he's doing. But mm. over the course of this date, he revealed himself to be completely disingenuous about more or less every action that he's taken through the course of the show you know what i mean like the love poetry the like competitiveness Mm. the the whole like or some of these boys aren't here for the right reasons drink (laughs) realistically he wasn't there for the right reasons either and that's maybe the biggest irony of the show so far yeah pretty much it seems like a lot of the stuff he had problems with uh he was doing himself and yeah uh, a lot of the stuff that he was doing right uh, he was kind of just doing to look good on TV, which it, it shouldn't be a surprise for this show because a lot of people do that. Um, but here you go. So Georgia finds out uh, and she brings it to him quite well that, you know, it's not uh, it's not really going to not really going to happen. So the sun has set on Luna Park and Sam and Georgia drink wine on a sofa in the middle of the Dodgem cars. 
It's a nice, like as 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 silly as it is, some of this set dressing is very nice. It, it does look like a fun place to sort of have uh, have a hangout. And Georgia brings up this America thing that came up earlier. Uh, apparently Sam's agent has organized this modeling acting job for him in Miami. Uh, and at this point, Georgia realizes he's basically just on bachelorette to get his face out there. Um, and you know, when asked, Sam says he's got space in his life for a partner, but when asked if he's ready to find the one, uh, he's pretty hesitant. Uh, and he says he wouldn't be heartbroken if he ended up leaving without her. So Georgia says, who's to say what the right or wrong reasons are, but how I look at it, at it is the same reasons as me, and I'm here to fall in love. I think that's a very mature approach, because the right and wrong reasons, I think you can argue about that all day, and you can drink every time you hear us talk about it. <laughs> um, but I think what's more important is just the, the, the bachelor or bachelorette, whoever it is that is the one you know seeking this uh, relationship or whatever it is, uh, you just want them to be aligning with the, the contestant. You know, you just want them to want the same thing, whatever it happens to be. Totally. Mutual uh, interest in love, both Georgia and the concept. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think you can go on this show looking for a partner. I think you can go on this show looking for a spouse. I think you can go on this show. You know, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of different things you can you can be aiming for from this thing. And, it, you know, you'll, you're more likely to find the connection if you're looking for that Sim- thing, similar thing in common rather than, uh, you know, trying to thwart whatever else might be out there. You know what I mean? No doubt. Yeah, yeah. She says she doesn't think that they're on the same page. And soon enough, we see the bearded executioner come and uh, take Sam's bag too. And uh, so the remaining boys realize that they've both actually been sent home, which doesn't happen too often on a two-on-one. No, it doesn't. Um, but I think that it was from the editing, it was kind of, pretty plain to see yes. from uh, the editing that we saw in the in, even in the preview last oh, week. Oh, they spoiled the hell out of this episode. Yeah, I've been a bit shitty with previews. They did it on American Survivor this week as well where it was like given the what the narrative that was given in the 30 second preview you were like, "Oh, well this girl's going home this week." Mm. Mm. I hate that stuff. But it, I think maybe that's uh if we can pin anything on like fledging ratings of the the Bachelorette like the Australian Bachelorette, the one we talk about on this show. Um, yeah. I think that kind of over-previewing is a really common response to like a dip in ratings. Um, try and give away as much info as possible um, so so you get people hooked. And knowing that these yeah. two boys are both going home. I will say, though, while they did manage to completely su- spoil that, uh, it was a surprise to me up until the very end of this episode that anybody else would be going home. Oh, me too. That was really good. Yes, they did manage yeah. to hang on to that. So that was well yeah. done. And before we get there, can we just touch on how shitty you must have felt as Reese watching that back? And he gets sent home, and the uh, the the bearded uh, bellboy comes in, mm-hmm. takes his bags away, and the rest of the boys in the house break into applause. Yeah, they're cheering, they're standing up, whooping and hollering. Yeah, it was like quasi-Chad. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, which is bizarre because Reese was not a, I mean, he was a little, a little irritating maybe with some of the poetry and that kind of thing, but he was not (laughs) like a threat or a bully. No, no, he was just a huge doofus. Um, to, to catch you up, Chad, when Chad left on the, uh, last season of the American Bachelorette, uh, what happened was that all the boys in the house got together and had this big, weird funeral eulogy thing for him. I believe they got some of his protein powder and blew it into the wind as if it was his ashes. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was interesting to see like a character who was so hated uh, as Chad was uh, get a similar kind of treatment here uh, as Reese, and it kind of gives you a little bit of maybe maybe some inside scoop into perhaps Reese's standing in the house uh, as opposed to where Sam stood in the house. Yeah, it's certainly not the kind of farewell you see every single time. Um, no. So George's reaction to this intense week that it has been, uh, is pretty natural. Uh, she does what any of us would do in this situation. She throws a masquerade party. Um, so, you know, she explains it by saying she wants to see deeper than face value. Um, and, but I imagine she also probably just doesn't want to look in any of these boys in the eyes. Um, (laughs) kind of just like, all right, let's, uh, let's have a little dividing wall between me and them, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this cocktail party, Maddie J is frustrated that uh, Georgia hasn't had too much time for him lately. Um, so to combat that, he's organized a little quiz show called Getting to Know Maddie J. Uh, 
Um, dude, these these guys have got some free time, hey. Yeah, they've got so much time on their hands, mm-hmm. and Maddie uses it quite well here. I like it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just think the production is is definitely put quite a bit of time into it. Um, but you know, he yeah he queries her on some uh, some little known facts about him. You know, his his high school activities and achievements and stuff. We learn that he was in Pony Club, uh, and that he uh, he took photos while dressed as a girl in his kitchen. Uh, and, and what I like is that nobody feels dumb about either of those things, even though I would imagine within the context of the Bachelorette series, that's not very far outside the realm of like teasing and stuff that you would get on here, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, understood. And then he asks, uh, you know, these, so these are true or false questions. He asks, uh, um, yep. am I, am I a good sweet boy who knows how to smooch real good and, uh, looks very good in this hat that I'm wearing and I would be a real good boyfriend to George Love and all this stuff. Uh, and she goes with yes, which is the correct answer. So that's pretty, that know, is the correct answer, yeah, and, yeah. and it's cute. Mm. And uh, and I still like Maddie J. I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, there was a good use of uh, use of free time here by Maddie J. And I think he did a really good job of of kind of making something out of nothing. Definitely, yeah. He created this opportunity yeah. of just out of his own back pocket, you know. Yeah, and this is what we're not seeing from Courtney. Which... Well, we're seeing the opposite from Courtney. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's throwing away opportunities like this. Yeah, being given opportunities and him being like, nah, mm, not, this not into time, it yeah. for some reason. But yeah, it's amazing to see Maddie, uh, you know, work out that he likes this girl and actually try and look at the results that it's producing for him. Yeah, so let's go to the rose ceremony. Osha Ginsberg, cool guy. Oshie, yeah. Hey. He, uh, he greets the boys. He reminds them that Courtney is safe. Um, but then, in, yeah, in this weird sort of shitty bombshell that came to me out of nowhere, Osha reveals that there are actually just five roses left for the seven remaining dudes. So instead of doing what I thought that they'd do and cancelling the rose ceremony, which they've been known to do before, uh, they decide to send home two more boys. Yeah, the worst thing about this uh, was the suspense that they were trying to drum up with Lee, as if Lee might be someone who was, like within the even remote realm of possibility uh, who could be going home. Yeah, like like we said, it was surprising to see this many people going home, but they were kind of background boys. I, I want to say these are probably about our last background boys, though. Like, there's nobody really left, even at this point. Yes. Um, yep. Maybe Clancy is a little bit more backgroundy than the others, but um, we are really getting through to the serious contenders at this point, which I like. Yeah, let's not confuse backgroundy with boring, because I think Clancy's definitely boring. Sure. Well, I mean, Sam left in, like, episode two, and he wasn't boring. I mean, not Sam. What's his name? Ben. Ben. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely not boring. Just a little bit backgroundy. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, Georgia picks Cam, Maddie, Jake, Clancy, and Lee, sending Todd and Matt Dick home. Uh, I guess, yeah, Todd... Couldn't get around the intruder thing, and Matt Dick couldn't overcome his Matt Dick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, Matt Dick. Four boys, though. It's a bloodbath. It's the red wedding. Of It is? Yes. I know even what that is. I haven't watched it. Neither have I. I. Have you watched Game of Thrones? No. not. A, well, I watched Neither. a few episodes of the first season. It didn't grab me. Yeah, I have not watched any of it, um, and it's not because I'm one of those people who, like, if someone tells me something's good enough times, I get resentful of it. It's more just, like, I know that I don't like dragons and, like, medieval yeah, shit. I don't like that fantasy stuff. I can't play... Fantasy, uh, yes. I can't play RPGs. No. Nope. You know, I'm I'm happy to play Dungeons & Dragons and stop asking me, but you don't have to introduce all that, all that fucking Tolkien shit into it. No, no, no. Exactly. Let's be creative. Let's come up with new things. Let's not just have fucking elves and stuff. I know there's no elves in Game of Thrones. Okay, guys. <laughs> stop fucking tweeting at me. My phone's blowing up. That's ABRN. <laughs> Controversial opinion time. Okay. Lord of the Rings. Yep. Not very good. Oh, Max! You're trying to get some enemies out there. I'm just um, saying, I don't think it's very good. Well, okay, so are we talking about the books? Are we talking about the movies? Are we talking about uh, whatever else fucking Both. there is? Both. Audio books? Yeah, okay, wow. Throwing the gauntlet down. Boring is what I will say to it. Board of the Rings? Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> Uh, hi, Mad Magazine from 2002. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pleasure to be co-hosting a podcast with you. 
<laughs> I haven't seen any of the movies in that illustrious series since they were released, so my memory of them is terrible, and I never read any of the books, so I always feel like I shouldn't have an opinion. I'm sure they're fine. Good on you guys. Do you know any dudes who wear a ring in this day and age? I actually do. My my friend and housemate Tom Sanderson, who I hosted a podcast with for a million years, and you know he's a good boy. Uh, he just yeah. got he just got given a ring by an uncle, um, which incidentally has got uh, it, it's a it's a it's just a steel band, um, but it's got two hands like two miniature steel hands that are shaking. You know, a handshake okay. um, that that sort of meet in the middle. Uh, and it reminds me a little bit of the clenched fist on the front of the St. Anger album cover, now that I come well, to think about it. It's all, it's all coming together. And I just want to say, like, if Sansky starts doing some weird shit, mm-hmm. you've got to get him to Mordor so fucking quickly. Oh, boy, it's miles away. I don't even have a driver's license. I have to get him <laughs> to give me a lift. <laughs> You'll have to walk there. Oh, brother. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Can I at least take your axe? <laughs> all right let's go back to the show that yeah that's right sorry i got us very sidetracked there no not at all this is what people like i think you can tell from all the five star mm. reviews <laughs> so uh yes let's recap the bachelorette season two episode eight here we go so it's nighttime at Batchy Mansion at the start of an episode. What? What's going on there? Sleepy um, time. Yeah, that's right. The boys are all in their nightcaps and PJs. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all speculating about who the next single date might go to. Um, and Osha greets the six remaining men who have now all had a single date with her because we culled off all of the ones who weren't going to get one at all. <laughs> um, Osha drops off another single date card. It says, step back in time with me. Interesting. I wonder if he's got a DeLorean parked out front. Hey. Um, Clancy speculates... <laughs> I forgot about this until I reread my notes. Clancy speculates that this means dressing up as a baby and acting like a baby. We already had that on Batchy last season. We Hamish did Blake that already. did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really like the idea that Clancy thought that was so successful that they wanted to get every single one of the remaining contestants on the show to do it this time around. So that she could fucking mother them. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I mean, that's better than the alternative. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Sorry, Clancy. It doesn't turn out like that. And anyway, it's not for you. It's for Maddie yeah, J. Doesn't, doesn't quite turn out for you anyway. Although I wonder if Clancy still kind of thinks in the back of his mind, like when Matty J gets home, he's like, oh yeah, we definitely did the baby thing. You were bang on. You guessed it in one. (laughs) (laughs) So Georgia picks Matty up in a nice old convertible with a license plate that isn't very funny. Um, It's very windy as they drive down the highway to a marina uh, where they board the sea deck, a creatively named boat. Yeah! Oh, it's another boat day! You bet! (laughs) You thought we were going to go one fucking week without getting in a boat? You were dead wrong. (laughs) I can't believe this show sometimes. Uh, Maddie says that being on the water is his favorite thing to do in Sydney. Funnily enough, Ben said the same thing about being on the ice. (laughs) I basically just stole your joke there. Yeah, I know. It's still funny. Still good. It's got so good. good. Yeah, it's got good cachet. That thing, that joke's got legs. I'll keep making that forever. Oh yeah. So Maddie and Georgia talked about wanting to learn how to dance together in episode three. Do you remember that? They had a little chat yeah, about I do. it. Yeah, that was um, cool. It was cool. And and so now with the help of a live band um, called the Swing Cats, or maybe they're the name of the dance teachers. I'm not really sure, but they're going to teach them a few moves uh, on a boat. Which is interesting. Like, you would think that dancing on a boat would seem hard, right? It does seem like that was an odd choice. Mm. Um, but at a certain point, like, why do they keep going on these fucking boats? Like, what What about potential... this is a boat date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What potential behind-the-scenes motive do they have <laughs> do you, to, if, to facilitate Maybe it's like... them to keep going on boats? I can't remember if they move the boat or if they just docked the whole time, but maybe it is a thing like they need to get out into international waters for some reason where laws yes. don't apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably part of the thing. What yeah. if the, like, I mean, what can you do on international waters that you can't do on our waters? Well, uh, I think anything, right? I think, you're, uh, you, know I think what it you is. have to break as many laws as possible. It's like reverse. Like everything, Look, every law that we have on land, you have to break if you're in the sea. 
I've sussed it out though. You yeah. ready for this? Okay, hit me. There's a band, right? Mm-hmm. They're filming this. Mm-hmm. Say filming goes on late into the night. Yeah. Say it gets to like, I don't know, 1 a.m. in the morning. Oh, and we're in Sydney. Date's over. Yeah, that's it. You got to go gotta home, go motherfucker. Home. Not serving any alcohol here. No, no. Yeah. We know that champagne is the uh, the fuel that makes the engine run on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, the, the whole reason they would do this on a boat is because there are no venues in Sydney at all anymore. None. Yeah. They've had exactly to make right. their own yep. on the back of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were they, they looked up and they were this band were like we have we have a gig <laughs> Wait, how did this happen they were like this is unfamiliar and then like they got to the venue and they were like oh it's the classic boat setup yeah yeah just so like, like every other gig we've had this month yep the swing like, cats understand and the thing is cats hate water <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so they're doing this dance, uh, and they point out that communication and trust is key in this dance, um, which, uh, you know, I believe you'll find is similar to the ancient art of trapeze. <laughs> um, um, they're starting to really click. Things are going well. They kiss in the setting sun. Maddie says he's falling for Georgia big time. I believe it. What do you reckon? Yeah, what I liked about this was that Maddie said that he might be in trouble here, uh, which I think is a very genuine kind of reaction, um, yeah. especially knowing that you're on a on a television show. Yeah, for him to be like, uh-oh, if I accidentally win The Bachelorette, my life is over. Yeah, yeah. If he's like, people will know everything. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope he's uh, got a squeaky keen... Squeaky... <laughs> Squeaky keen, keen yeah. past uh, track record. Yeah. Let's just hope that he's not that uh, that boy uh, in the jumper from the presidential debates. What's his name? Ken Bone? Ken Boner, I believe. Do you read about him? I think it's Ken Doan. Could that be right? Ken Doan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the guy, the Ken, Ken Bone, did a Reddit yeah. AMA yesterday. Okay. Except that he forgot to like make a new Reddit account and instead just used his old one. Which obviously Uh-oh. allowed people to find his username, and then oh, like boy. look back through his entire like past history, and oh, there was dear. some weird shit. Yeah, like America's fascination well, with Ken Bone. Uh, hmm. At this point, you know he was he was he flew too close to the sun. At one point, they went back on his profile, and he found they found that he was into pregnancy porn. Okay, yeah, um, sure. And he described uh, these women as beautiful human submarines. Oh, oh! How fucked is that? Oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. There's one thing I know is you can't say that. You can <laughs> say a lot of stuff. You don't want to say that. <laughs> oh, Ken. Yeah, I know. I That's know. That's a shame. <laughs> so yeah, Ken Bone, uh, relevant here in some way. Um, you know, because Maddie's going to end up the same way. Oh, that's right. Into, yeah, people will yeah. find out about Maddie's uh, passion for beautiful submarines if they couldn't already tell from this beautiful boat from date all that these we're on. fucking boat dates, yeah. Um, so Georgia gets a new look for the next part of the date. She gets a rockabilly hairdo and a little spray of Michael Bublé's new perfume by invitation, available Woo-hoo. only at Chemist Warehouse. Very good. Um, I guess, I guess Michael Bublé's invitation must have got lost in the mail. Yeah, right. Um, Why isn't but he they, in the show? It's very similar to Bublé type of music. They're really trying yeah. to create a Bublé ambiance. Um, so yeah, they, they dance to some pleasant music by the Swing Cats before it's weirdly faded out and replaced by this generic Bachelor score. I guess maybe they only paid for like half of a song or something. That'd be right. Um, you know, uh, uh, APRA has its own set of rules <laughs> governing these things, that sort of thing. Um, so anyway, they, they pull off their dance moves together and they smooch. Uh, it's pretty nice. They decompress after the date. Uh, Maddie opens a bottle of champagne in an impressive way, which he describes as gently but firmly. Everyone loves a bit of gently but firmly. Oh, of course, yeah. Georgia refers to the two of them as a new age Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. It's a good pair. I don't... I mean, Fred Astaire was a dancer of some sort. I don't really know what Ginger Rogers did. Oh, Max, come on. They were, they were dance partners. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, very very famously. They did all their best work together. 
I um made a mistake last night at the show where I didn't know what a HSP was. H oh a halal snack pack. Yes. How oh. do people know what like I didn't what know what blunder. this was, and it was like I made a huge huge boner. Um, <laughs> Max, are you aware of what that word means? Do I have to do I have to explain that to you? Sorry. A huge Ken bot. Mm, <laughs> hold on. Um, so, big. So... <laughs> no. All right. No. Anyway, someone at the gig said, "I'm going to get a HSP after this," and like three of us looked at each other and were like, "What's that?" And then I asked what it was, mm-hmm. and it was like I had just like done the wrong thing by so many people. Yeah, I don't know how you managed to miss that. That's an important, relevant piece of cultural jargon. Yeah, I really missed it. Missed the boat there. But uh, Georgia didn't miss the boat. (laughs) Fucking hell. So Maddie wants her to pinch him because the date's gone so well. She says he lights up a room. He takes the chance. uh, He wants to take the chance to show his serious side. So he says, literally from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, you're always on my mind. Uh, At this point, I'm like, okay, we get it. Maddie is the winner. He wins the show. He's the winner pick. He's going to win. Um... Couldn't be much more obvious in my eyes. Anyway, what do you reckon? I don't know. I really am not seeing it. I like, I wasn't seeing what? it from the start unless what? he was, no, I reckon he's the bachelor next year. Oh, maybe. I reckon he's the boy that Australia falls in love with. Mm. Um, I think he's sick. I honestly, like, I feel like he is the best competitor on the show. Yeah. Um, far and away. Um, and like, he is easily, I think the most charming, Dude, maybe Cameron uh, has some run in, in those sweepstakes as well. But I just feel like she's going to choose Lee. She's going to pick Lee? No, come on. Because Lee is just Lee's just throwing out one-liners. MJ, you know, he's got the actual, like, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, like, I really like him. I trust George's judgment more than you, I think. That's, I reckon yeah. MJ is more what she you know, what more what she's going to go towards, I think. I hope so. I fucking hope so. That'd be excellent. Um, I just am so skeptical having, knowing the outcome of this show. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, time will tell. You can never really predict. Yada, yada. Um, they share a passionate, passionate smooch. <laughs> Not how you speak. Uh, and she admits how special he makes her feel. She says it makes her feel like the only girl in the world which is either a Rihanna quote or just, like, horrifying. Imagine if there were no other girls in the world for Georgia Love. That would be a, a horrible position to that'd be, be in. Yeah, that'd it's be already really... bad enough with, like, five or six boys, you know, on her tail or whatever. Imagine if it was, like, the 3.5 billion boys. <laughs> or even, like, just some other number, like, randomly, like, 18 or something like that. Mm. Wouldn't that be crazy? Well, she really had the perfect number with 10. Oh, you're right. You're right. Mm. Um, so back on the mansion lawn, Osher and Georgia welcome the boys to a date that Osher has planned. And as soon as they say this, I'm like, ding, 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 best episode they ever made. I don't even care <laughs> what happens. Like, this is going to be great. And uh, and it was. This is, this is like behold, one of the better. This is yeah. probably the best group date I've ever seen. I'll, I'm going to go on the record and say that. This might be the best, at least concept wise. Um, this might be my favorite group date. And I watch a lot of these shows, guys. Uh, um, I, I think that this was really good. Um, I think that they should give Osha the reins uh, even a little bit more um, yes. in terms of creative control um, as, as this show goes along because he, he really murked this. He did a great job of it. He just gets it. Like, he knows yep. what makes the show fun. He made it fun and he made it watchable and he made it really enjoyable. Yes. He starts things off well with a fun pun. He says, they say love is blind, but let's find out if Georgia love is blind. Um, so today we're going to find out if they can make a connection without their chiseled faces and bods getting in the way. Um, there will be several tests throughout which there will be eliminations leading to a winner who will get some alone time with Georgia, as these things usually go. Uh, the first test is speed dating, but the twist is the boys are getting swapped out. Um, by stand-ins who are known as avatars, who will allow the boys to take the appearance of genetically altered Navi bodies, um, which will allow them to interact with the natives of Pandora without coming under suspicion. <laughs> um, no, these was are these a, are old what's, men. What's the name of that? Uh, the old uh, filmmaker James Cameron Bay. 
Johnny Cameron. Johnny uh, I think Cameron. Ca- Cameron James from the uh, the Mike Myers podcast we mentioned last week. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He made that film. I believe so. Yeah, it was in between cool. podcasts. I just episodes. wanted to make sure that that was what we were definitely talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we're we're both talking about Terminator Two. Don't worry. Okay, excellent. I'll be mm-hmm. back. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> um, so these men, these old ass men, <laughs> step out. Their names are Ron, Alistair, Andrew, Russ, and Bob. Um, I hope those are all their real names because they're very prototypical sort of na- like stereotypical old man names. Um, and so we learn they'll be speed dating Georgia for the boys, uh, only speaking when the boys want them to. So the, the, the guys, the boys, they're going to wait in a separate room with a microphone and headphones, feeding them lines, just like in every great sitcom or, you know, wacky, uh, uh, hijinks movie caper type of thing. I love this shit. Max, come on. Oh, sorry. I just got back. Oh, you came back. Yep, yep, I'm back just, now. Um, let me just weigh in on uh, this. I wonder here. how long I could have gone. <laughs> <laughs> let me just, yeah, let me just weigh in here because uh, I thought this was really good. I was just a bit creeped out that like there were definitely some old man boners happening. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Were you thinking about that? I try to keep my mind off that where possible. Well, yeah, it just occurred to me um, that that was. That was definitely one outcome of this mm. uh, that maybe wasn't going to be considered if I didn't bring it to your attention. However, I thought that this date was really creative uh, and great. And we saw that uh, at least uh, some of the dudes had a lot of really good um, input. The only thing is that, that I would have changed is that she should have picked a dude, like uh, the, the old dude who she had the least connection with, before the boys came and stood behind the chairs of the old men who yeah, I agree. Were pre- controlling. Cause that throws off the result a little bit. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, oh, she's talking about how it's not supposed to be about their chiseled bods and, and killer looks, but by letting them stand behind the men who they'd been talking to. It muddies the waters. You're letting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're mm. influencing. Um, yeah. So the idea, I guess, is Georgia is meant to like guess who's speaking for them. Although that, that part isn't really as relevant. I agree. Um, but, uh, you know, there were some highlights here. Clancy's avatar goes rogue at one point, starts oh, uh, talking great. off book. Um, Clancy's a little bit shy. So, so his, uh, his, his old man <laughs> just starts filling in the gaps, which I think is quite funny. Yeah. It's um, interesting that you say shy. I, again, I'm just a bit concerned that he's boring. He might not be shy. He's hanging back for whatever reason. Yeah. It could be a boring thing. He hasn't, I mean, but the thing is like, we've seen from Clancy an ability and willingness to seize these opportunities for like big theatrical displays and stuff. And I think he's been given an opportunity to do that here and he doesn't really do it. Well, the thing is like, I think that he's all bluster and Mm. no substance um, Mm. in terms of like, he's got the big gestures, he'll dive in the pool, he'll make himself look like a big idiot. But then when it comes time to actually do something like have a conversation or or like i don't know connect with georgia on any level he's just kind of not not capable of doing that so the intent's there it's just that he's not a good personality fit in the end i don't think yeah uh yeah i don't know i mean he's gonna go home anyway so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh, I also liked Lee's old man. Um, it was just a very funny guy. I think he, yes. he had very good timing, very good delivery. And with Lee feeding him these dad jokes about like how his tie is made of boyfriend material, um, mm. you know, I, he he really followed through on those. I thought that was well done. Yeah, that was clever from Lee. I was surprised that these these guys, these old guys, weren't just sort of robotically repeating back lines that had been fed to them. They they said yeah. they seemed to inject a bit of personality into it, which was well done. Yeah, it was really good. So they're, these old men are the MVPs of this episode. <laughs> no, of course. It's Osha. It is. Yeah, he did a great yeah. job. He's the best. Come on. Mm. So next up, the boys are going to handwrite a love letter for Georgia. And they'll have to read each other's letters out loud to preserve the anonymity of each letter. Um, so they brainstorm for a little bit. We see Courtney really struggling. Um, Courtney's up first reading Jake's letter, which is quite nice. Cameron reads Lee's, which is also nice. Uh, Jake reads Cameron's, which includes a stick figure drawing, which is a bit of a gambit. Yep. Uh, and then Lee reads Courtney's out, uh, which rhymes, uh, again, not strictly what you're asked for Courtney, although I appreciate maybe going outside the box. Um, 
Georgia says it rhymes. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, quite... it's weird. Again, like I understand what you're saying about Courtney perhaps trying to subvert what's expected of him uh, in these challenges, mm. but at a certain point, it just seems like maybe he just doesn't have have enough to say about her, or like if it just feels like he kind of doesn't give enough of a shit about her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like it's not that much to ask to write a love letter. Like, the fact that he chose to do something else that maybe he's more comfortable with is quite telling. Yes, totally. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when Asha asks which one was worst, Georgia knocks out Courtney's poem. Because it's not a love letter. It's not yeah. a love letter. Stick to the format. Yes. Um, the three remaining boys head into the ballroom, where they will show Georgia how they feel by the medium of dance. Hello. Hello. Rapapum. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> um, Georgia will be blindfolded whilst they dance together one by one. So Lee goes first. He maintains a lot of body contact and he dips her, which she enjoys. Cameron goes next uh, and Georgia feels very comfortable and protected. And Jake switches on all her senses, saying it wasn't so much about dancing as feeling each other's presence. And uh, taking off the blindfold, she reveals that her favorite dancer was number two, Cameron, Mr. May, the fireman. The fireman who may have a little more dancing experience than he let on. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering when this would come up. That's a very good segue, Max. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what we found out about Cameron this week? So there's been some footage that has emerged of Cameron doing a, what equates to a striptease on a stage uh, in front of a bunch of women mm-hmm. uh, in which he walks out and hands a lot of women a bunch of roses. Now, <laughs> we don't know when this footage was released. And to provide some context for you, this this might be a spoiler. We're really We're really not sure in terms of like how much to read into it. But it does exactly seem like because th- you... this this might be the finale. We might have just watched the finale. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> um, no, yeah, well, we don't know because you know if we don't know exactly when this footage is from, uh, so it could be a long time before the Bachelorette was even a part of his life, or it could be like last week. Uh, yeah. In which case, we'd pretty we'd have a decent idea. Although even then, we don't strictly know whether or not that means he ended up with George Love or not. Um, you would think it'd be I a bit of a probably hint. say not. I would hope that Georgia Love would be able to create the kind of lasting relationship that would mean that he wouldn't feel a need to go and impress all these other women. Although, uh, you know, there are lots of reasons why you could get into stripping and stuff like that as well. I don't mean to shit yeah. on anybody. No, 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 no. You don't want to shit on anybody. Um, but it, no, it is interesting that uh, this is, uh, it's interesting timing at the very least that this is yes. coming out. Um, but I urge you to check it out <laughs> if you're if you've been following the series and uh, and and like anyone else who's been watching the series has been thinking uh, Cameron's a bit of a hunk. Um, uh, yes, he is. You should have a look. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely yeah. Uh, on hunk patrol there. So Cameron won this date. So they sit together at a sofa with some champagne and they feed each other some real good product placement. Uh, some of that Hagen Dazs ice cream, not out of a bath. Hagen Dazs. Yes. You you said that as if you just learned how to pronounce it. Were you waiting for me to say it first? No, 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 no. It's it's weird because um, the way that I've been remembering it is by uh, their slogan, and it's weirdly sexy. Their slogan. I'd love to eat some Hagen Dazs off that hardened ass. Oh, <laughs> oh, I mustn't have heard that. You know, I mute my TV during the ads, so I don't always catch it. Ah, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the slogan. Wow. Okay. Well, they feed each other some hardened ass ice cream. <laughs> um, Cam says, yeah, he doesn't know how to dance, but Georgia says that she was swept off her feet. Uh, at this point, Cam Literally. wants to get serious. Um, he thrives in a relationship and really enjoys spending time with Georgia. She says he makes her feel special uh, and that she hasn't felt that before, which means I guess maybe they shot that before the Maddie J date that we saw earlier because she said the exact same thing to him. Um, They share a little kiss, but no rose. Um, And then that's kind of it. So we move on to the cocktail party already. All right. So the boys catch Maddie up on the group date because he wasn't there. Um, Georgia yep. chats to pretty much everybody, but the boys feel like Maddie is serious competition at this point. Um, good. They should. He's great. Well, yeah, he's very good, and he keeps doing good stuff. He uh, keeps making opportunities for himself, and that's awesome. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, so Lee pulls Georgia aside to a sofa where he he has quote prepared a number of drinks that come from different parts of the world. Oh, yeah, Lee, I, I bet you did. I bet I bet you were standing around all day looking through the fucking liquor cabinets, mixing up. Uh, yeah, okay. So he didn't do it, um, but you know they're <laughs> they're yummy and strong alcohol drinks that she enjoys to drink. Drinking them, um, good. Uh, he asks whether she's going to be busy for the next 50 or 60 years or if they can go tick off some of their bucket list items together. Oh. That's a big call. Wow. Yeah, it she says... Call. Yeah, her response is good. She says, mm, that's some offer. She's like very non-committal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. Maybe uh, maybe Lee's still in the game, I guess. Uh, Jake takes a crack at lead- reading his own love letter out loud. Because obviously previously he hadn't, you know, he had somebody else reading it out. Uh, and it goes okay, but George is not giving out that many clues tonight. She's not uh, letting anyone know what's going on. What do you make of Jake's chances at this point? Well, I'd say he has fallen behind a little. Same. Uh, at least in terms of how much he's being favoured by the editors. Um, mm. So I guess we'll be able to tell from next episode whether he's going to be like final, like whether they'll start focusing on him again and he'll be in the final three or something, or whether he's just kind of going to be quietly excused. I think that it will be the latter, yeah. or he will be the boring guy who comes third. Yeah. Um, I will say that I'm enjoying this season the lack of a, uh, like, there's not really a douche quotient who's making some sort of long lasting, long standing stand. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's nice to have the villain out of the way early. Yes. Um, so, well, fuck, we should just go to the rose ceremony, right? Let's do it. So, yeah, it feels like everybody's head is sort of on the chopping block tonight. Maddie is safe, obviously, but uh, Osha reveals there's only four roses to give to the five roseless boys. Um, and she gives them out to Jake, Lee, Courtney, and Cameron, sending Clancy home, as we mentioned before. Bye, Clancy. Um, Bye, Clancy. Um, he seems bummed, but he does take it pretty well. Uh, he whispers a few words of support to Georgia as he leaves. Uh, he says he would have loved to continue, but if she's got a stronger connection with the other guys, then she should go with it. So, you know, good on you, mate, Clancy. Like, you left with a bit of style, um, with a little yeah, bit, a bit of grace. Of there. Hopefully um, he's not the next Bachelor. No, yeah. I feel like I've seen enough of Clancy. Um, that I like, would be a disaster. Yeah. I like the idea that he went home and immediately started getting to work on growing that beard back. Because <laughs> uh, he could yeah. start reversing the damage. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but you yeah, got to hide those insecurities somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in my experience, the chin is a great place. I had a, I had a really good... <laughs> Really, really good patch in my uh, tw- in, um, in my early twenties. Uh, I'm talking about a patch of time and also a patch of facial hair um, mm. that uh, has has since been abandoned because the chin is the window to the soul. Max, I did not know that. That's what they said, but it makes a lot more sense than anything that I'd heard. Yep. Yeah, it was like there was this one slogan that I'd heard called uh, it was like the Hagen Das is the window to the hardened ass or some, something, <laughs> but I didn't really I didn't know that. It's funny because I would have thought that eating a lot of Hagen dazs would make your ass soften as opposed to harden. Well, that's why it's such a miracle food. Hmm. Stop by chia. Hmm. And uh, uh, sugar, right? Um. Can't be certain. We should buy vast quantities of it and do some independent research. Find out. <laughs> we'll report back to our listeners. You're right. They have a right to know. So next time on The Bachelorette, um, mm-hmm. I don't know what... I mean, we know that, that Hometown Week is coming up. Like, next yeah, week, the next time we talk to you, we will have watched the Hometown episodes. But there's another episode before that, during which Lee and Georgia try really hard to do the lift from Dirty Dancing. This is what they sort of focus on in the promo, yeah. which is kind of weird. Uh, and then they head to Studios 301 in Sydney, which is a great... Oh, uh, I can't facility. wait for this. Uh, and they're going to have a boy band group date, which I've been looking forward to all season since they showed a tiny clip of it in the, like, coming up this season. At the start I completely of the, uh, forgot about it, but that yeah. is amazing and I can't wait. Hey, and uh, next week's episode, we're going to be in the same room at the same time again. Fancy excited, that. Excited, excited, yeah. excited. Hey, and we, it's worth mentioning as well, the reason that we're doing that is because we've got a gig coming up, um, which uh, you can't... Oh, no, yeah, it's not worth mentioning because it's sold out. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> fuck you, listeners. We're going to a show. It'll be go good. To, go to another show. I'm sure there's something good on. <laughs> 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 All right, we should wrap it up. Max, I'm sorry about this episode. I've been a little unwell. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been great. I've had a great time derailing it. Yes. Listeners, thank you so much for sticking it out. Um, we really appreciate you coming back week after week, uh, especially as the Bachelorette's ratings itself are diminishing. Um, we love to know that people are still getting excited about our little program. If you are excited about our little program and, uh, and you want to help us out a little bit, um, we actually did come here to make friends. So maybe just head on to iTunes or the podcast app or something like that if you get the chance. Leave us a little rating or review. It'd be really sweet. We look at all those, those five stars, please. Yeah, give us give us as many stars as you uh, as you can count to. What <laughs> the highest number what? of stars? <laughs> um, you know that it'll let you count to. I don't mean our listeners are stupid. Wow, <laughs> what's going on? What have you done? Have I'm you not done? sure. I, oh, I'm boy. not following my own train of thought. <laughs> I'm as All right, lost let's as get you out are, of listeners. here. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, and again, there's one thing I do like to say at the end of every episode. It's a Here little it bit comes. of a mantra. Something uh. I repeat to myself when I'm feeling stressed or worried about the difficulties in my life, whether yep. it's you know, a physical illness or whether I'm struggling with microphone? something, you know, emotional, psychological oh issues. Like These things can attack us all at different times. All right. So See you it's later. nice to know that there's something that we can rely on just telling ourselves it'll really make us feel better. And that is that I wish you all the very best and I will see you next week